0: You are Locked On Titans, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Titans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Victory Edition, our first Victory Edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? I am great. That was, uh, that was a fun game to watch. It was great. It was, it was everything that we thought it would be, at least in the second half. The first half was, was kind of brutal. Um, but the second half, and, you know, it's kind of been a, a thing for this team in wins this year, has been uh, domination in the second half, and that's what we saw again tonight. And really, and we talked about this a little bit before jumped on here, the Titans really, I mean, offensively were, were able to do pretty much whatever they wanted to, for the most part, all night. Now, they, they weren't able to get in the end zone in, in the first half, so, um, you know, I, mean, I guess it could be like, you know, Butch Jones. I mean, they, they did everything they needed to do except score touchdowns. Um, but, sorry, I had to get my shot in there.
1: That's but
0: fun. um, That's they uh, but yeah, I mean, the, what one punt? The times only punter once, think the whole night. Um, so the offense was good against a, against a close team that we knew the defense was going to be bad. But it, it's just amazing the the difference you see between Marcus Mariota even on one leg and Matt Castle.
1: I thought it was maybe not his best game of his career. It was the best game of, of, of his season. It might have been the most important game of Marcus Mariota's career to come out there and just gut it out, clearly hurting. Um, You know, he he couldn't move. And and John Gruden, you you know, he told us he he couldn't move all night. We'll get into that a little later. Um, But for Mariota to be clearly hobbled uh, by that hamstring injury and just to come out and have the game that he did. Um, I'm trying to pull up the stats in front of me, but just to 308
0: I think but yeah throw for 308.
1: 308 306 with just nothing on that hamstring that's that's crazy uh hats off to him hats off to Rubisky um for for drawing up this game plan for totally altering the offense so uh it was a little different look for Mario than what we're used to seeing but but he absolutely killed it
0: yeah um and let's let's go ahead and do the group thing real quick because I I, I don't understand what in the world was going on with John Gruden tonight. I mean, he said multiple times. He's going to have to make this throw from the pocket. He's going to have to make this throw from the pocket. Let's see if he can win from the pocket. And uh, it's almost like that Gruden hasn't watched Mario to play at all. Even in college. Even in college he threw from the pocket a lot. That's the thing that that a lot of people don't understand. I think they just watch Oregon like on the highlights and and didn't really watch Marcus Mario to play. He threw from the the pocket in college. He's thrown from the pocket his entire career here. Sure, he can move and make plays on the run, but he is not a guy that looks to run first. I mean, you watch there, – there are guys out there that you can watch, and Jalen Hurts is who comes to mind to me, for me because I'm an Alabama fan. He, he doesn't want to throw. He wants to run. Marcus Mariota is not that guy, and even when Marcus Mariota moves, when, when he's able to move, when he runs or whatever, when he's healthy, he's still got his eyes downfield. And he is the last minute. He wants to throw as long as he possibly can. And so for John Gruden all night long to be like, oh, let's see if he can make this throw from the pocket. He's going to have to make these throws from the pocket. I mean, just over and over beating that drum, I just don't understand. And he's a guy that coming into this, I had a lot of respect for, and, and this is something we talked about before, like a guy that I thought had a lot of like knowledge and, and watched film and you know, really prepared for his job, but he just sounded like an idiot tonight. The, the more he kept going on and on about how, well, let's see if he can do this from the pocket, and hey, this has been a great game for Marcus Mario to see him come of age and be able to throw from the pocket. Like he does that every game. I just, I, I don't understand where he was getting all of
1: that. It was totally bizarre. And you know, like I told you, just going back to the draft process and and his little QB special that he does, uh, he lit Mel Kiper Jr. up for having Jameis Winston over Mariota. You know, he he was enamored with the guy in college. So I'm not sure what changed. I, I'm not sure if if ESPN just didn't give him enough headlines tonight or, or storylines to stick to, but. Man, he rammed that down our throats all night long, and he caught hell for it on Twitter. I mean, it wasn't just the Titans faithful that, that were saying it. It was, it was national people, too. So, uh, yeah, that was a really weird and annoying part of the night uh, that, that really was just bogus. You know, it, that, that's not Marcus Mariota. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad that Mariota had to stay in the pocket all night, and he just absolutely torched the Colts.
0: Yeah, and then the other thing that he, when he at the beginning of the game he called Taywan Taylor a gimmick player. Oh yeah, um, and then they, they hit that shot down the field to him, so that was, that was nice as well. Again, I, he's just not a guy to, that strikes me as, as somebody that comes in un- unprepared. I mean, we see those guys, right? I mean, we see that CBS, you know. EF team, whatever it is, fifth, sixth, whatever broadcast team that we've gotten for years for the Titans, and deservedly so, the Titans haven't been good. And so you're not gonna get, you know, the good broadcast teams for your for your games, especially the noon Sunday games. So we kind of all understand that. And so you'll you'll hear kind of these storylines that are like national storylines that if you actually watch the team don't make any sense. But like John Gruden, I just would, you know, he's got one game a week to prepare for. It's, it's a national audience game every time they're all these eyes are on this game. He just doesn't, I, I don't know. I just was really disappointed at his lack of knowledge of Marcus Mariota's game. And like you said, I mean, he liked him in the draft process and I just, I don't, I don't really. I don't know, and, and and again, it's not that Marcus Mariota can't run bootlegs and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously he does that, and it would be dumb for the Titans not to use that when he's healthy because that, that adds another dimension to his game. But he's shown that he can win in the pocket, and he struggled at times, sure. But like overall, I mean his 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 game in the pocket has never really been a question. I mean, anybody that really studied him, like anybody that. You follow, like, Draft Twitter or whoever um, that, that actually studied his tape and didn't just, again, kind of, you know, take the national narrative or whatever. They, they never had an issue with whether or not he could throw from the pocket. You can talk about arm strength and, and, and any of that kind of stuff if you want to, but it wasn't a, a fact of not being able to make throws from the pocket. So I, that just, it, was, it was mind-blowing, and then it just got more frustrating every time he <laughs> mentioned it. And it, and it after Mar- especially after Mario had been doing it all night. I mean, the, think of the ball that Delaney wasn't able to catch where Mario had a guy in his face and throws just a beautiful pass that was just off of Delaney's fingertips. I mean, he he's, he's, he's throwing off of one leg anyway. He couldn't step into that throw even at all. And just to see what he can do there, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, again, it was just frustrating to, to keep hearing that over and over.
1: It was it was totally ridiculous. Um, but moving on, I wanted to kind of talk about the defense. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> you, you got on your soapbox there. Yeah. sorry. Right. <laughs> um, the defense – through the first half was really frustrating. Uh, we were kind of texting back and forth, yeah, why Why on earth are the Titans not blitzing more? You know, it, it seems like uh, there's success to be had with the blitzes there, but Dick LeBeau just refused to do it. So finally he comes out in the second half and he starts blitzing, and magically the Titans start forcing punts. You know, they didn't force a punt the entire first half. They come out first drive, the Colts punt the ball away. The, the game totally changes. So when you blitz... It helps out your young secondary uh, and, and that was huge so uh, hats off to a for seeing that and, and correcting it but with that being said I've, I've kind of been harping on that all year and I still don't know what the problem is uh, and like you said he, he came he went right back to it uh, when the Colts were trying to drive the field and and tie the game up late so uh, and that was probably more prevent defense than anything but still The blueprint is there, at least to me it is, and it's just frustrating to see Dick LeBeau kind of go back to it every week, and it just seems like he's got to find his way in the middle of these games.
0: Yeah, and it's something that I actually want to go back and chart because uh, Mickey Ryan just tweeted this out. Uh, Second half Colts possessions, punt, punt, fumble, punt, field goal, downs, end of game. So you know one scoring drive in the, in the second half, and that was off. That was set up by that long t- uh, kickoff return. Um, so yeah, I, I mean it doesn't. And so I I, I want to go back and actually like rewatch and see the difference of, of how many guys he sent you know on plays in the second half versus the first half. Because yeah, I mean it was like a, it was a completely different team. So yeah, that's that another thing that people were, were hammering Robisky, and we talked about this before we jumped on the the one pl- the one possession where they had the ball inside the five. And tried the little jet sweep to Delaney, and then you know only ran once, and then tried to pass like that. That that kind of crap that that made me mad. But that, I, I thought Robisky had a had a, had a pretty good game plan overall tonight. Um, LeBeau was terrible the first half. I mean, the defense was terrible the first half. And again, like the secondary is not good. Okay, but you've got to be able to do something to help to help hide that basically. And you saw what they can do when they make an attempt to do that in the second half. You bring extra guys, they don't have to cover as long. Um, and, And so, I mean, that was the thing, but again, give him credit at halftime. He made those adjustments and they came out looked like a different different unit in the second half, and that was obviously the difference in this game. You know, I mean, it, it ends up being a, a 14 point game, but you know that was the, the long run at the end that, that Henry broke. I mean, it was a touchdown game and, until that point, so that that's the difference in the game is them coming out and making those adjustments.
1: Yeah, and on Rubisky, I I thought he called a great game. Uh, I mean, outside of that that one play on the goal line, and you can argue that the red zone stuff wasn't successful. I get that, but. Still, 36 points, and, and, you know, the run at the end, you don't even have to count that. That's 29 points right there, and 15 coming off a field goal. So you're moving the ball uh, outside of the red zone. You're moving it really well. I thought that the offense had a really good night. Um, And still, people were calling for Rabisky's head uh, in in the middle of the game. So I just don't get that. I I feel like the fans are kind of unfair to him. I I mean, what, what more did you want him to do With a quarterback that was nursing a hamstring injury that they clearly told not to run. I mean, you saw him slide like two yards behind the line of scrimmage, which kind of looked pretty odd, but it it just told you the Titans were being very careful with Mariota tonight. I I thought he played or called a great game uh, for what he was given.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you, you know, again, they had to make adjustments to what they normally do. Um, with, with with what they had. And I, I am, on one hand, a little bit surprised that Marcus Mariota was that limited and that he was out there. But like you said, I mean, this, get, this game was really, really huge. And, and I hate to use, you know, must-win games and that kind of stuff, especially in Week 6. But when you look at how this, you know, shakes out with, with the AFC South, the fact that now the Titans move to 3-3 three and three in, a, in a three-way tie at the top of the division. The loser of this game dropped, th- dropped to 2-4 uh, and four and and you know sole possession of last place in the division. So that's a big deal. At, at this point in the division and with three division games, they're now two and one in the division that you know obviously they lost would drop them to one and two. So I mean it, it, this game was really really important and I, I think they realized after last week that Marcus Mariota at somewhere uh, 55 60% is better than what Matt Castle's going to give you. Um, I mean, I, I think you would have to say. I mean, Mariota, as far as being able to throw the ball, you know, looked really good. He just he didn't have that, that running ability. So I don't know what percentage exactly you would put him at. But whatever percentage he was it was far better than, than what they had with Matt Castle. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, he did a good job. And I, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot for this team to, to, to build on. Off of this win, and I think it was Trevor said on Twitter, like that that Derrick Henry run feels like a season-defining moment. If, if they can if they can use that as a jumping-off point, you know, you've got Cleveland next week, who you should beat. Um, maybe you can get Corey Davis for, back for that game, but if not, you should definitely get him back for the game after the bye. Um, you know, so I mean, there's 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 some good things coming down the road here, and I, I, I wrote earlier today that as of right now, the Titans have the second easiest season schedule, um, just based off of what records are right now, and that's for all, all 16 games, so that includes the games they've already played as well. But, I, I mean, the, the, the Titans are going to have an opportunity here to, to to roll off some wins and hopefully be the team that we thought they were going to be coming in, into this season. And, again, the, 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 loss to the, the loss to the Dolphins is bad. The way they lost to the Texans is obviously really bad. But – Three and three at this point in the season. I mean, I think if we if you'd have, if you'd have given us that before the season started, we would say it was realistic. And especially if you say we would we'd have been two and uh, the times would have been two and one in the division. I mean, I don't think it's anything that we realistically should have been upset about when the schedule came out. Four and three going into the bye. I mean, I, I, if they can beat the Browns next week, I mean, I think that is really about where realistically they should be expected to be. They've weathered
1: the storm. Uh, I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, so they've kind of stopped the bleeding here, three and three, um, kind of get everybody healthy and if they can avoid the injury bug, which Titans are due some luck with that, uh, I, I think they'll be just fine. Uh but I gotta talk about my guy, talk Taylor, Taylor. They finally got him involved tonight. They finally dialed one up for him, uh, threw threw one deep, I believe it was a fifty four yard bomb, uh, Mario to hit. Um Taylor beat his man. And, and, you know, that's what I've been preaching on for the last two weeks. Um, he's just a guy that that can change the dynamic of an offense. He's a guy that, that's going to attract safety attention. He's a guy you got to pay attention to. So hopefully we see that's that's just the first little taste of that. Um, he, he got plenty of T.Y. Hilton comparisons uh, coming out of Western Kentucky. So hopefully he can be that guy going forward. Uh, and, and honestly, the Titans needed a guy to step up. Uh, Taylor was great tonight. I thought Eric Decker was really good. Of course, you know I kind of re- wrote him off at halftime as as kind of being a washed guy, and then he comes out and has a has a great second half. Um, you know, Rashard Matthews is as solid as they come. So I uh, I thought it was the best night for the, from the Titans receivers. Uh, plenty of separation, plenty of tough catches. Uh, Mariota was putting them in some some tough spots, but he had to, uh, and and they came up golden. So. Uh, Just a a really great night for the Titans' offense against a bad defense. I mean, let's let's be real. This was a defense that the Titans' offense needed to beat, and they went out and they did it.
0: Yeah, and I I think it's important that they get Taylor involved because, like you said, I mean, Matthews and Decker are fine players. Matthews is is better than Eric Decker, obviously, at this point. But, like, they're not guys that are able to get separation. Delaney Walker's still a really good player, but, you know, not a guy that can – create things open up the, the defense underneath and that's what you have in Taywan taylor that's what we hope they have in Corey davis um and, and so to 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 put that on film, the fact that Taylor can get down the field like that and make a play like that, I mean, I think that's really big. You said on Twitter, I think, there in the fourth quarter, that Eric Decker and Marcus Mariota looked in sync for the first time all year. I think that's a big deal. Because, again, Eric Decker is what he is. I mean, he's not a a game-breaker at this point. He had a big drop tonight, a ball that he absolutely should have caught earlier in the game. But he came back, had a really good fourth quarter. He's a guy that you look to on third down. He's a guy you look to in the red zone, and he showed that tonight. And so hopefully they can build off of that. I mean, there's just a lot, of, a lot of things in this game that hopefully they can build off of and, you know, continue to get better as the season goes along. So, you know, again, I would say at halftime I was I was really, really concerned. And again, more so, again, about the, the defense and the offense. Because the offense, they were getting there. They, they just hadn't they hadn't been able to punch it in yet. But the defense just were, they looked like they were getting lit up. And it wasn't even by T.Y. Hilton. You know, I don't even know what Hilton ended with, but nothing, basically. Um, I think he had, let's see, he had one catch for 19 yards. Um, so, I mean, if you had told me coming into this game that, that, that they held Hilton to one for 19, I would have thought the Titans would win easily. So, um, you know, they, they, they did some good things. It was just a little bit scary in the first half because it looked like the Colts were able to do whatever they wanted to do. Um, but, again, halftime adjustments, that's big. I would love one of these weeks, hopefully on Sunday, for the Titans to come out and be really good from, you know, the the opening whistle to the to the end gun. I mean, it would be fantastic to see them play a complete game like that. But you see what this team wants to do. They they want to just kind of wear you down, and then you've got both of those backs late in the game, um, and you see what they're able to do. One thing, you know, Derrick Henry got 19 carries. DeMarco Murray got 12 um, I think that they were trying to limit Murray a little bit because he was obviously at one point he was laying out there stretching out his leg I'm, I'm assuming it was still the hamstring that was bothering him he was still getting most of the third down work but Derek Henry had taken over as, as kind of the guy that they were giving the majority of the carries to um, now the, the second time they got kind of down there real close they, they did give the ball to DeMarco Murray um, but I, I, it'll be interesting to watch going forward to see how that that timeshare is divided up because, like I said tonight, it looked like they were that Derek Henry was the lead back, but I'm not sure how much of that was a product of Murray's hamstring bothering.
1: Yeah, I thought the uh, the touchdown that gave the Titans the lead um, from DeMarco Murray, where they got down to the 14 and they they gave Murray four straight touches. I thought that was Murray's best sequence of the season. You know, it, it wasn't anything special. It was just a bunch of three-yard, four-yard runs. But, man, he was running tough. I, I mean, he was throwing it up in there, uh, make, getting skinny, just just getting the tough yardage. Uh, and that's something that, that he really hasn't done this year, uh, to be honest. He's just kind of – something's been off. Uh, he's been bouncing runs and, 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 you know, making poor reads. But I thought that – was vintage Murray right there, and that was good to see. But but like you said, he, something was clearly up with him. Hey, and The Titans clearly wanted to limit him uh, in giving Derrick Henry almost 20 touches today tonight. So uh, it, it certainly seems like a, a 50-50 backfield, uh, and, I, and I think we're kind of getting into that, getting close to at least, you know, first and second down seeing Henry and then third down seeing Murray. So I, I think that's kind of where it's trending. I don't know how long it takes to end up there but that's that's something interesting Uh, one concern for me Derek Morgan and Brian I just I don't know how you have any confidence in them to win one-on-one matchups on the outside right now it's a problem Um, the Titans can't get pressure with four-man rushes and that spells trouble you know the Titans didn't have success unless they were crossing linebackers or stunning or something exotic Um, so, so that's a big problem for me and, and, you know, Eric Walden might just be the best pass rusher on this team right now. I know that's kind of a hot take, but uh, he's the guy I consistently see getting around the edge more than anybody. I don't know about you, but, um, the pass rush still, uh, i harp on it. I know, but it's uh, just such a big problem.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Morgan left the game at one point tonight. I'm, I'm not sure if he, if he came back in, uh, I think he had a groin injury but yeah, Eric Walden has been the guy that's shown up the most, um, at least just you know watching games, especially the first run. And it is a concern because, like we said from the beginning, they they could not get pressure with four. Uh, Jerrell Casey's another guy who I mean he had one play where he, he almost got a sack tonight, but I mean he's been virtually non-existent uh, early in this season, and, that, and that's a big that's a big problem for this team going forward because you are going to face quarterbacks that, that you really can't blitz. I mean you know I mean they wouldn't face Tom Brady into the playoffs, but I mean you know he, he's a guy that if you if you bring extra guys, he's going to find the hole and he's going to exploit it. Um, you know, and and so that that's something that they they're, they're going to need to get more production from those guys, uh, from Aragpo and Morgan especially, um, because, and Gerald Casey. I mean, they gave Jarrell Casey a bunch of money this offseason, and he's supposed to be that guy that can make those, win those battles up front, and he, he hasn't been able to do that so far this season. Now, it's a small sample size, and, and he's, there's still plenty of time for him to bounce back and all that stuff, but that is something to keep an eye on, and it's, it's something that is especially important with a secondary that still – looks to have a lot of holes in it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say at this point that has to be the biggest concern for this team. Again, you know, so much so much is focused on Terry Rabisky, offensive struggles, I mean, whatever it may be. Is Marcus Mariota really the guy? I mean, I got people at twi- coming at me on Twitter during the game. Marcus Mariota is a mediocre quarterback. He's never going to be anything more than that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, you know, I promised myself earlier this year that I would not get in any more, like, Twitter fights during the games. Um, so I just kind of let those things go. But, like, there's so much focus on all that stuff, and that's not the problem. The offense was moving the ball all night long, one punt. They punted once tonight. The offense was not the problem. It was the defense that was letting them down early. And, again, you know, yeah, not being able to get touchdowns. But, um, yeah, it, it's going to be something to keep an eye on it. And we knew. We knew that was going to be the issue with this team, right, because as much as they've invested in the offensive side of the ball, since, especially since John Robinson has taken over, they haven't given a whole lot to the defensive side of the ball. I mean, what's the biggest investment that they've made in that? You know, they signed Logan Ryan. um, You know, they gave money to Joel but He's already here, Eric Walden. But, I mean, Kevin Dodd is your – and Adoree Jackson. Talk about him in just a sec. But, you know, Kevin Dodd in that first draft was 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 supposed to be the blue-chip player, right? It took him with that first second-round pick, and he's a healthy scratch every game. So, I mean, I I think that ship has sailed. Um, You know, just real quick on Adoree Jackson – he looked good tonight. He did a good job on T.Y. Hilton, obviously. One catch, 19 yards. Um, you saw the play where they were, it, that Brissett was trying to get the ball to Hilton in the end zone, and, and Adore Jackson was right there with him. And, again, there are going to be plays still throughout this year where Adore Jackson gets to be, he looks bad in coverage. He's a rookie. That happens to all of them. But I am really, really impressed with what I have seen from him so far. And, again, to, for him to be as good as he is early on, with you know just all the things they said about not having spring practice and all that stuff, not you know f- being a full time cornerback at USC, I, just, I really think the sky's the limit for this guy. And again, not saying that everything has been perfect or that everything has even been good, but just you see the flashes of him being able. I, I think he can develop into a shutdown guy against specific types of receivers. Uh, you know, I mean he's not going to shut down Mike Evans, but against a guy like Ty Hilton, I think they're going to be able to put him out there eventually and, and he's going to be able to, to basically lock that down
1: yeah he's a he's a matchup specific guy uh it's probably the way i'd put it uh pff tweeted out that over the last two games he's had 10 targets allowed four catches 40 yards um uh, been allowed 52 passer rating uh so he's coming along uh the, you know I remember on on draft day, I think it was was John Robinson that said that he was specifically taking odora Jackson to target a guy like, like T Y Hilton on the Colts. So uh, definitely a, a positive development to, just to see a guy like T Y Hilton be shut down because he's burned the Titans so so much in the past. So uh, again, you're you've got this young secondary without much pass rush. It's kind of a tough ask. Uh and it's hard to kind of kinda of blame them with with the lack of pass rushers that the Titans have, but you've got to be excited about Adore Jackson. I know he had that bonehead play on the kicker turn, that was a bad play, but yeah. you know, it, that's just he's a playmaker. You're gonna you're gonna do that sometimes. Uh and that's kind of just who he is.
0: And, and one more question that I have, and, and maybe you have a reason for this. I don't think that you do because we were kind of talking about it on Twitter. Why in the world were they sending Eric Williams back there with the Dory Jackson on punt returns?
1: I, I you know, I, I I replied to you. I said something exotic <laughs> is coming, <Right>. yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be a disaster. I yeah. I don't know of uh, just a different look, maybe uh, something that the Colts hadn't seen on tape, maybe uh, something that they had to worry about. Maybe it was just a decoy. I don't know, uh, but, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> what what are you giving them to worry about? I mean, like, they're going to they're gonna kick it to Eric Williams every time. Yeah. I, I just I don't understand. Like, And I, I thought at first, the first time that it happened, I don't think I was really paying attention, and, you know, Williams was back there, and it was right after, you know, Dory Jackson got hurt and went into the tent for a minute. So I thought maybe they were just, you know, taking him off. He had come back in the game on defense. But I thought maybe they were going to take him off punt return because whatever it was was bothering him. But then when they said so they were both back there, and then they did that the rest of the game. I just – like I said, if you're not an idiot, you just you kick it to the guy that doesn't have the special game breaking ability, right? I mean, I don't know why you would give the other team that option. So uh, the, the thing, some things, uh, Karski tweeted out that the in first down cuteness uh, thing early in the game, and, and to me, they, they just every now and then, I think they they get a little bit too caught up. And like you said, the exotic side of the exotic smash mouth, when you have certain things that are just working, just do them. Don't don't try to get cute.
1: And that's just who um, they are. You know, We saw it so many times last year where they'd have just 60, 70-yard drives coming and, and they'd get down to the 20 and they'd, they'd run a weird reverse or something odd and they'd lose 10 yards and the drive would derail. It, it's just, I, I don't know, uh, sometimes it works, most of the time it doesn't um uh, but it, it it is frustrating I, I mean i love the creativity but you know you got to kind of pick your spots i guess maybe that that's that's our issue uh, but I, the punt thing makes no sense i don't i don't understand what they're trying to do
0: yeah uh any more thoughts on the way out like that that just kind of hit me right there when we we're talking
1: I, I i don't have anything we can come back and kind of put a bow on it tomorrow
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely, uh, like I said, I want to go back and watch it again and look at the blitz numbers and that kind of stuff from the second half because um, I think that was pretty significant. Um, we didn't talk about it at the beginning of the show, but uh, if, you, if you go to iTunes, the Locked On Titans page, if you rate and review the show there, you'll be entered to win a PFF full-year subscription. And we've talked about it before, but if this is your first time listening, uh, welcome. Thanks for listening. Um, and if you if you leave a review there with your Twitter handle, you're entered to win a year long subscription to PFF. They have a lot of cool stuff, fancy football stuff. You know, just week in, week out matchups with teams, um, draft stuff. I mean, they've got all that stuff. So definitely check that out. Leave us a review. And, and like we always say, I mean, we we, we want honest feedback anyway. Uh, so anything that we can do better, um, we we'd love to hear from you. And and so we're always looking at that stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, this is this is. Uh, Probably the most energy we've had in the show so far, uh, because because uh, this is our second week of doing this.
1: They finally and, gave us something to talk about. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> and, and you know, so the first one was coming off that that Dolphins loss, so that was you know hard to get real hype after that. Um, but just to end that streak and for for Derek Henry just to you know put the exclamation point on it like he did, that was awesome. Um, he, I, I couldn't think of a better way for that to happen. So again, hopefully this is something that the Titans can build off of. And it, it's kind of the thing that starts them on that, you know, ascension that we thought that they would kind of be on uh, as as the team that is that is probably the most talented in the AFC South, especially now that the Texans don't have JJ Watt and Whitney Merciless. I mean, I, I think that this division is wide open, and I don't think that the Titans are you know the, the shoe in to win it by any stretch of the imagination. But I think it's theirs. I think it's there for them to take. Now they just have to go out there and do it. And, and, I, and I hope that we saw the first step in that tonight.
1: Yeah, it's now a 10 game season. Uh everything's reset. Uh you've you've kind of got the Jaguars and, and the Texans and the Titans now. Uh neck and neck. So we'll see um who can who can kind of take advantage, but but again, you got to like the Titans' spot uh with with getting healthy at the right time.
0: Absolutely. So um Check us out. We'll be we'll be back again tomorrow. We'll we'll have a lot more on this game. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. Terry is at T Lambert FB, and we write for MusicCityMiracles So check that out as well. We'll have a lot of stuff about this game and about you know everything as the season goes on. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.